the time is Passover. Every faithful Jew has made their way into Jerusalem. A town of 40,000 swells to an overcrowded 250,000. Everyone's excited about the festivities. Even more so, there's an excitement surrounding this man named Jesus. Word is spread into town that he has resurrected some other guy named Lazarus. And if he can resurrect the dead, then surely he can overcome the oppression of the Romans and deliver us. Could this be the long-awaited Messiah? So everyone is wondering if Jesus is going to show up. People are not sure because not only is Jesus a wonder worker, he's also a wanted man. Ever since he raised Lazarus from the dead, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, have wanted to arrest him. And word on the street is that Jesus is in Bethany, just two miles down the road. All of a sudden, the word spreads into Jerusalem that Jesus has left his lodging place in Bethany and is headed to Jerusalem. There's a crowd rushing into Jerusalem, informing everyone that Jesus is on his way. So people are pouring out of their homes and shops and places of business, heading to the Jerusalem city limit sign. And as they are leaving the city, they're grabbing palm tree branches and they start waving them and singing. The palm tree branches were a nationalistic symbol of victory and rejoicing, much like the American flag. And the song they began to sing was an ancient one, taken from Psalm 118, where it says, Hosanna, salvation comes. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This particular psalm would be sung at the feast of the Passover by the choir. And when the choir sang, every man and boy would take their palm branches, or they were known as lulabs, and wave them around. And these palm branches were also referred to as hosannas. And then they would add this line, even the king of Israel. So do you see what they are proclaiming? Do you see whom they are proclaiming? They are proclaiming Jesus as the King of Israel who has come to save them, deliver them, to liberate them. Oh, how the people long for this day of deliverance. And as Jesus made it to Jerusalem's edge, he locates a donkey and rides the donkey into the city. So get the whole picture. There are two mobs Two crowds of people converging that day around Jesus, who is a wanted man by the Pharisees. The Pharisees wanted to arrest him, put him away, get through the Passover, and then they would deal with him. But here he comes right now, whipping the crowd into a frenzy by riding into the city in a messianic, prophetic, kingly manner. So what's the misunderstanding here? Because we said yesterday that this passage was a misunderstanding. And what does it have to do with us today? The claim Jesus was making that day was unmistakable. Jesus was boldly, graphically declaring himself to be the long-awaited Messiah, the King of Israel. It's made clear to us in two ways. First, in what the crowd is saying and doing. They're waving the palm branches, which was symbolic of rejoicing and victory after a war. And they were quoting Psalm 118, verse 25. So in the people's minds, Jesus is the King. And then look at verses 14 and following at what Jesus does. Does Jesus try to keep the crowd from chanting and singing Psalm 118? Does he refuse their overtures at claiming that he is the king? No. He incites them even more by purposefully, dramatically finding a donkey and riding into town, fulfilling an Old Testament prophecy of the Messiah to come. But is Jesus' declaration what the people wanted? This is what the text forces us to wrestle with. As soon as John tells us that Jesus rode into town on a donkey, John also tells us that the disciples did not understand until after the resurrection what all of this meant. 
So when Jesus hops on the donkey, the disciples look at each other confused. Are we to believe that the crowds understood exactly what was taking place, even more so than the disciples? No. The disciples were confused as to what Jesus was doing, as were the crowds that day. They didn't understand why Jesus was coming into Jerusalem in this way, on a donkey. Where was the war horse? Where is his army? Let's get this war started right now against the Romans and throw off their yoke of entrapment and slavery. Isn't this what the Pharisees were in fear of? Yes, it is. So what exactly was Jesus saying by riding on a donkey that day? Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 through 11 say this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Jesus ascends the throne through humility, not war. He ascends the throne to bring peace to all nations, not just one nation. He ascends the throne through his own blood in order to liberate. This is the king that we must receive, humble, bringing peace and redemption. But there is coming a day when he will return, and it will not be on a donkey. It will be on a war horse to bring justice to bear on his enemies. But today, he offers you reconciliation and peace. Will you receive this king? If you're a believer, when you pray today, would you please remember Tracy Miller and his family, our missionaries in Georgia. And also remember the Bocalano Sorsagon Lifeward broadcast that's heard in the Philippines.